Welcome back to Library Media Chatter, the casual corner of library-centric podcasts. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Dan Wright, of Melville and Oakville High School Libraries, and with me as always, Dr. Greg Baum. Greg, how are you? I'm well. Hi. Yes, I'm Greg Baum. I feel like I have to say it again just to confirm. Uh, yep. Library library media specialist at Rockwood Summit High School. Uh, one of the library media yep. specialists. Uh, also, unofficial laugh track of the yes. library media chatter. Yes. Yes. Um, and uh, <laughs> official. I'm going to make this official. Oh, okay. Uh, official person who shames me when I don't remember to call myself a library media specialist. Yeah. Because for I don't whatever this is seven episodes in a row. Yeah. Uh, I continually shoot myself in the foot and uh, denigrate my position. Yeah. Um, as a well, media specialist, I like to do it real passive aggressively. So I let you go first yeah. every time. I appreciate it. Yeah. And then uh, we never re record. That's what I was going to say. We just keep going, folks. Yeah. No, there's <laughs> we, no going back. We don't start over. Yeah. No, I don't think anybody listening. <clears throat> Uh, yeah. would believe that I have any specialty when it comes to media if they've listened to this podcast. Not before. one of those three people believes no. that. No, <laughs> Either because they currently actively work with me. Right. Have worked with me in some capacity right. in the past. Yeah. Uh, or, as we found out, uh, work with my wife and so have some <laughs> sense of who I am as a human being and so can trust yeah. that I'm bringing very little to the table. Uh, just yeah. in general. Yeah. Really across the board there. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I do want to point out this week. This is, uh, again, if you if you listened to last episode, uh, you know how important the script is to what we do and how rarely we go off of it. Yes. Uh, but I was reading the most recent school library oh, journal. And in a, in a, a pretty good-sized feature about... Um, flipped classrooms mm -hmm. and doing science labs kind of in this new world order that we're living in noted library media chatter super fan and one the only person i was going to say one of the people but the only person to ever write in oh to the actual email address yes. which is library media chatter at gmail.com <laughs> uh, megan vallis of truman middle school yes was featured in this article Oh, cool. For the incredible work she's doing uh, in the design lab at Truman Middle. Is, I believe, if I'm thinking of the same article, they also mentioned that email she sent us. And they yes, were, it, they that actually, was what, yeah. They listed her in the yeah. thing as uh, library media chatter, super fan, and <laughs> yes. Truman Middle School yeah. in St. Louis uh, library media specialist yeah. Megan Vallis. So yeah, that, a, that order sounds right. That sounds I, correct. I assume that's how it is in her email signature. Yeah. Um, uh -huh. Also, how she introduces herself to people. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. That makes it is, sense. It is what I've started doing in all of my conversations, <laughs> uh, sometimes very subtly, where mm. apropos of very little, I'll just go, Oh, yeah, I was talking to my friend on our podcast about nice. something like that nice. or my friend yeah. with whom i record a podcast or i'll just go like yeah dan right library media chatter podcast and just that way people know there's no reason to to keep yeah. that from them no people want to know dan yeah people want to know i to be fair uh, as a middle-aged white man i think most mm. people assume i, have I just a gotta I, 
Well, first of all, that's <laughs> like, fantastic. And but second of all, I really, I really have been trying to hit the brakes on this middle-aged language. I just don't appreciate it. <laughs> well, I feel like I've got 15 more years before I hit middle age. I, I love it. I love the optimism. <laughs> <laughs> I also... I mean, when I are you going to die? Are you going to die at 60? No. So, no, I don't think that. And I do love that you're saying that I'm 30. Um, well, I was giving you. Yes. I was I was rounding down. Down. Yes. Yes. Hard. And I hard, appreciate it. was a hard yeah. round down. Yeah. My elementary school kids are uh, working on estimation and rounding right now. <laughs> and they would have said, uh, Greg, that's not where that number yeah. should have gone. Yeah. yeah um, that's fair. I think it's less <clears throat> of a literal like look at the number of my age and more of a this is who i am as a human being uh, personality wise yeah that's fair yeah i like to think of us as the young bucks of the library system the missouri library system yes yeah yeah that is that rebel without a cause um kind of that whole yeah yeah uh james dean never had a beard like you oh, have. Oh yeah, Dr. I'm really this thing's really taken off. But it is <laughs> the real I mean, chia head situation <laughs> we got going on. The, if you're talking rebellious like the bad boy of uh secondary libraries. Yeah, and it, I am. It's clearly you. In the greater St. Louis area. Yes. It's either well, me I don't or Tom know. Bober. If, if you went to uh Mazel in the spring, you might oh. really stand out as oh, they're yeah. in your leather bomber jacket. Yes. Your beard. My motorcycle. Yes. I assume you or Margaret, you'll have to fight, will be riding in the sidecar. Oh, I I would never want to be in a sidecar. Well, sorry. Not that I wouldn't want to be in a sidecar at all, hmm. but I feel like that's uh that's bad for my image. Uh, oh, I'm more I see. of a I'm not I'm not quite sidecar level yet. Like are I you need to get there? You're not you're below sidecar. Below sidecar. <laughs> Okay. I'm let's, let's just I'm, draw a line under this and we'll just you're saying maybe come back to this on another yeah, date. Yeah. Okay. No, go ahead. Maybe, tell me. No, tell Noah me Wiley. I think when when Noah's on, uh, I think that'll yeah. be this will be a big topic for him. I think he'll, yeah, appreciate, he'll appreciate it. I feel like he's had a lot of sidecar related madcap adventures. Oh, I 100 percent Yeah. Uh Eric mm-hmm. LaSalle's sidecar for the first few seasons of ER for sure. Yeah, I mean, he graduated when he became a, an academic adventuring librarian yes, uh, to be the motorcycle does. driver. Yeah, right. Uh, which I think brings us perfectly yeah. to our first segment. Greg, what are you reading? <laughs> well, I'm reading, I'm reading The Sign of the Four, which I found out is also sometimes titled The Sign of Four by, I mistakenly thought, <laughs> Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> to be fair, I didn't actually think he yeah, wrote it. I, was I saying, just you're, typed you're it. You're selling yourself a little short. I just on typed it into our outline that way. And Dan had to tell me, spoiler, it was not Sherlock Holmes. Or even for that matter, John Watson, who wrote this book. Yes. It was Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. I'm doing a reread of, <clears throat> well, I've read some of these uh, Holmes stories. I haven't read all of them. I'm reading through my way through the canon. And I'm also listening to, as I go... Anthony Horowitz of um, oh, what's his YA series that just had like a IMDb TV adaptation made of it, like Maximum Ride. Have you? Oh you yeah, 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 yes. Uh, so he got I think I think by maybe the 
Conan Doyle family or by whoever has the rights now got hired to do like a an up a continuation of the home stories. And so I'm listening to the first one, which is the House of Silk. Okay. You know, on audio. And it is, you know, it did not make the cut. That's why I put the sign of the four as my what are you reading? Is it a is it a YA Sherlock Holmes or it's just no. a straightforward kind of just no. more yeah, in that he, world? He yeah, and he has a, 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 at least two and maybe one more adult mystery series. Okay. And one of them is this Holmes. And what I what I really don't care for is that the series is called Horowitz's Holmes. And I just thought, you know, that's a little pretentious. Like, yeah. You know, anyway, and I'll do a whole book review another day. It'll be a whole 40 minute podcast. Yeah. Count me <laughs> in. That's what I will cut the sidecar talk in that one. Yeah. We yeah, won't be, be cutting it in this episode, but no, we would it's... for Horowitz's Holmes for sure. Yeah. yeah. What about you? What are you reading? Uh, I am in the middle of The Data Detective by Tim Harford, uh, who has written other books, The Undercover Economist and some things like that, which I have not read. But I love his podcast, Cautionary Tales. Oh, cool. Really interesting stories on the podcast of <laughs> historical things that have happened. And he kind of digs into why we thought one way and why maybe other people kind of headed in a different direction. And so when he had the book published, I thought, oh, this will be a good book to add to our library as like for math teachers or for... I don't know some of its history like let's yeah. just understand kind of different ways to look at history it is drier than i wanted it to be yeah which is not fair because it's called the data detective and it's about <laughs> how we can think about data differently it's like 10 each chapter is a different tip on going through data and and thinking about data when it comes across your your plate he is very good but i'm not positive i'm going to buy it for the high school yeah just because i think it's going to be a little too slow for most of yeah. our readers it's interesting material it's just maybe not high school ready well so let me just i mean this is not in our outline and i know you yeah. hate it when i go off script it's very difficult for me but i want to jump in and say so this sounds like something that margaret and i have been doing with our science and social studies classes and <clears throat> it's from the New York, we got our, our school, a subscription to the New York times, you know? Okay. And so they have a great feature in their learning network called quite literally what's going on in this graph. Okay. And it's, I, it sounds to me like a high school accessible version of what you're describing. And so, you know, there, it basically asked student, you know, whoever's looking at it, students to, um, just kind of make some initial observations about what they see, you know, where, yeah. like what format is the graph or like what colors are they using? Like, what is there anything, you know, anything that stands out. And then <clears throat> there's a, the next section is to say, you know, well, now that you've kind of looked at it, what questions are out there about the, you know, what questions do you have? And then the last step is kind of making a decision, you know, what argument essentially is being made by this, representation of information so it's a really good critical thinking skill activity they put them out pretty regularly and so there's always something topical and um interesting that you can use and like i said we do it with science and social studies because um we don't have that many teachers on board yet so we want to kind of fit this in wherever we can yeah is that a feature that you can only get if you subscribe <laughs> 
I don't, I don't think so. I bet it would just count as one of your like monthly articles. Oh, okay. That, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. But because we, um, <clears throat> because we do, we try to do a lot with it. That's why we ended up getting the subscription. Sure. And so, yeah. No, that sounds awesome. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I immediately wrote that down in our outline because I'm going yeah. to be stealing that. It's been uh, one of our week. more successful things. Margaret came up with it and it's been really successful. So we, we really like doing that. No, that's cool. The New York Times, what's going on in this graph? Yeah. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm on board with that. That sounds great. Yeah, it's been good. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, all that <laughs> scripted talk about sidecars <laughs> made us run just a little bit long, which means it's time to head into our first commercial break. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by the Dewey Decimal number 745, which means it's time for what we can only assume will one day be a half-hour game show hosted by Keanu Reeves, Do We Know Our Dewey? I'm going to name books with call numbers that start 745, and Greg is going to guess what that section is all about. Greg, are you ready? I am. I am, Keanu. (laughs) The first highlight is Face Painting for Fun and Profit by Suzanne Robbie Hay. Paper mache monsters turn trinkets and trash into magnificent monstrosities by Dan Reeder and origami airplanes, how to fold and design them by Florence Temko. Greg, what is the theme of this section? So before I answer, I'm gonna gonna give you a little feedback there, Dan. And I'm gonna say that was a missed opportunity to show off your mastery of the French with Papier mache yeah yeah i think and, uh, people would have spotted it right away as yeah. me trying a little too okay. hard and i didn't want the dewey people coming back to us going well, you fair. just ruined that whole <clears throat> pronunciation fair. i think there was a whole seinfeld episode built around yes poppy and mache okay so that being said i'm i like i'm gonna go with something like arts and crafts am i on the right yes uh, okay. we will we'll give that one to you yes um at decorative arts Oh my! Is where yes. that one falls. But as yes. usual, Dewey with his word honey, yes. <laughs> coming up with a much more eloquent version of. Yes, I was excited to see this as I was digging through our Destiny catalog, just to see some of this stuff where you have groups that are putting on events. Yeah. And if you're putting on like a kids thing, and you need yeah. to do face painting stuff, or you need to work on things like that you have kids that are interested in origami and things like that right we we tend to not highlight that we rethought our library orientation this year and one of the things we tried to highlight was that you know the library is also about not you know the school library is also about supporting student interest and we wanted to communicate that to them yeah and and so yeah i was i was pleased to see that we had books that fit into this yeah. And then immediately had that thought, yeah, how do we how do we get these into their hands? Yeah, and not just it's buried on a shelf. Yeah, nobody's ever going to look at it, but I can say we own it. Yeah. So thank you, Dewey, for choosing 745 thank this you, month Dewey. and for sponsoring this episode. All right, welcome back to Library Media Chatter, and we are on our pop popular most popular segment. I'm going to call it our most popular segment. What are you doing? Um, so Dan, we're going to feature you today and your dueling libraries. Yeah. Uh, what are you doing? So this month, I wanted to take a minute to talk about highlighting those Dogwood nominees uh, as a new addition to the nominee 
class of books that we now have. Um, I feel like we do a lot and we Melville and Oakville, as well as I know summit does, and probably most libraries do a lot of highlighting the gateways and the Truman's and the Mark Twain's and the, the other one, I can never remember what it is mm, for the youngest one. Yeah, Show me's uh, maybe, yeah. or um, I don't know. I'm trying to think yeah. of another Missouri based thing, but I can't yeah. think of it. Yeah. So we have that stuff built in. We know what we're doing with that. And so now I think we, we need to make sure that we're also highlighting those nonfiction books because you do have readers that are less interested in fiction and are more going to be more into what we can send them uh, nonfiction wise. So we partitioned off an area as a permanent display for dogwoods, like we have always done with gateways and have some signage up around it and some kind of things pointing you to that year round. We also have a digital slideshow on our websites of the dogwood books with summaries and author information. And can you get it in our library or on overdrive or kind of the different ways that you can get to the books, Nice, which we lovingly borrowed the gateway version of that from a teacher in another district that Sandy knows Hmm. who said, yeah, go right ahead and adapt that. Like I didn't come up with the idea of a slideshow. So go for it. And then, so we've been doing that the last couple of years with the gateways and put one similarly together for the dogwoods this year. I know Mazel also makes slideshows. If you're thinking like, I don't have time yeah. to dig around <clears throat> on YouTube and wherever else to find videos about the authors or book trailers or whatever. Mazel has resources okay. for those books that are pre-made that are certainly worth uh, digging through or, set, or linking to or sending kids to so they can see those things as well, especially as we're maybe not as, even still not as in-building centric as we needed to be before, that digital footprint's more important. And you know, really just kind of talking them up that it's, it's on yeah. our social media and it's on the things when we have kids come in that we kind of point them to that. You're going to want to look for these. If you're looking for new graphic novels, maybe try mm-hmm. some of these. Um, just really being mindful of, of getting those I was going to say in people's faces and I don't mean that like aggressively, but just like we do with gateways or with Truman's or whatever, um, where we actively go out of our way to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think we have done something similar and, but I really like your idea about the kind of the digital content access that you are providing. And so I want to adapt that. I want to do something like that as well. So we, at the beginning of the year featured them on kind of a, like a freestanding display kind of near the center of the library and a lot of traffic moves past it. So we did all the dogwoods there, the finalists at the beginning of the year. We then switched that over and moved the dogwoods over. And I think I've talked before on this podcast about a browsable area that we're trying to build. Yes. So we kind of moved them over. So they're by the gateways because we wanted people to know that these are kind of the top featured titles in YA literature, fiction, and nonfiction this year. And so we have them together, kind of like you. Although yours sounds way cooler, and I'm going to steal it (laughs) now that we're done. Yeah. Well, and feel free. This is me giving blanket permission to whoever needs it. Yeah. Uh, If you go on the Melville High School or Oakville High School library page and find your way to those slideshows, feel free. 
Uh, yeah, take those, you. make a copy, add in information for your school. There's a section on every page for every book that like availability. Yeah. So you can get it in our library as a book, or we have some also as eBooks. So trying to just mention those things. And I know our students last year were given digital access, like digital library cards, mm -hmm. the county library, mm -hmm. which I assume most districts probably did something like that if they hadn't already mm -hmm. uh, during the kind of early days of the pandemic. So I made sure to include overdrive stuff on there as well, because yeah. that's going to be another way that you can get to it. No, I was going to say the other thing that you've done with the Dogwoods that I really like is you, A, have read them, which I think is a great <laughs> starting place. Yeah. And B, then you tweet about them and you use your library Twitter account to talk about them. So I think that's another good way to highlight and promote the Dogwoods. And sometimes you've paired them with gateways, right? Yes. Or always. So, uh, not always. Um, <clears throat> internment and... They called us enemy. So internment yeah. was a gateway book this year and they called us enemy by George Takei is a dogwood. They both deal with the idea of people being uh, held in internment camps in the United States because mm -hmm. of their uh, culture. So, or religion or what nationality. Right. And I thought those two really paired well together. So I made sure they were on back to back days uh, when I was tweeting uh, so I appreciate you pointing that out. I'm also going to throw out because this was a thing that we're trying. I'm not a social media guy. And we we had a conversation with some people and realized that maybe our kids are not on Twitter the yeah. way that adults are. Right. Yeah. That I think maybe our, our Twitter is hit a lot by maybe some teachers and other librarians that hopefully are looking at that and going, oh, no, no this would be a good one to promote or this is an interesting one to try out. Yeah. But so we started an Instagram. Oh, nice. And. A lot of it is that I'm just kind of keeping those same reviews and that same information, just sending it to kids more. And I have been getting some good feedback there, which is a plus. Uh, I am, since you shouted somebody out, uh, this is not shouting you out because I don't know that no. you've done anything worthwhile <laughs> right. uh, in a while. <laughs> right. But uh, not to <clears throat> necessarily continue using the same name of the same one super fan. Yeah, uh, but our uh, but this is what happens when you write yeah. in. When you write in, this is the kind of this is the kind of media attention that you're going to be yeah. getting. You're going to get yeah. highlighted in magazines. <laughs> uh, Megan Vallis at Truman, and I'm sure there are a lot of people that do this. I just saw her uh, pop up, and so our account followed hers. Does video reviews like quick? Hey, here's a Truman. The same way that I've been doing it with uh, visuals and text on Twitter. She's been doing like Flipgrid videos or Screencastifies or whatever. Yeah. Just like really quick. Uh, this is not meant to be an insult, like very low budget. Like, hey, I'm just, I have a camera up. I'm going to show yeah. you this thing really quickly yeah. because I don't need to make this a giant production. Uh, reviews and setups of the Truman nominees. And I, I imagine probably also the Mark Twain's, which has been cool to see. And I, I thought to myself, oh, I'm going to steal that. And then I went, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Gonna, <laughs> I'm not going to shoot video of me doing this. She's doing a great job. And I'm sure there are a lot of people doing uh, creative things like that. And we would love to hear about it. If you will send us uh, what you're doing to library media chatter at Gmail or get in contact with us on uh, Twitter or Instagram through our school accounts. Um, Greg, with Summit, is there a Summit library account or do you and Margaret mostly just kind of do things through your personal Yes, we do. It is at RSHS Library. Very cool. So that's a place that you can follow what Greg and Margaret are doing over there. 
Um, for Melville and Oakville, we are easy to find. It is at MHS underscore reads or at OHS underscore reads. Uh, we are trying to do a better job of actually taking pictures of the things that we're doing and putting it out there and not just having it be review heavy. But if you're doing cool stuff that you think we would uh, love to steal from you, feel free to tag us in your posts so that yeah. we can uh, use those ideas and, and talk about them on the podcast. Absolutely. Very cool. Okay. So that's going to segue us into the reader's nook. This month's gateway book is Grace Year by Kim Liggett, who had a book that was a gateway nominee, actually the winner yeah. last year, yes. The Unfortunates. <clears throat> Uh, this one, in some ways similar, it's out in nature. Uh, yeah. It's people kind of on their own dealing with some things without uh, kind of society being mm-hmm. around them. Uh, but in a lot of ways, very, very different. Yes. So we have Grace Year in our genres as a horror book. Uh, I think it would also work in a dystopia section or if you have kind of a sci-fi dystopia section. I think yeah, it would fit we, there. We- we, I agree. We have it in fantasy and I think that it can be there because uh, it's not it. I mean, horror in some ways might actually be a better spot because there, the, there isn't really a supernatural element, but it is, it isn't really a science Yeah. Know, you know, it's not a story about a new technology or a new, you know, anyway, I don't know. It's a, it's a hard book to categorize in some ways in many ways so yeah it, I mean, the opening of the book is an epigraph that has a quote from handmaid's tale yes paired with a quote from lord of the flies yes so if you're saying sci-fi or fantasy or like you're looking at the dystopian side of that not the supernatural or overly sciencey right. but just the this is what society becomes when uh things kind of fall apart in yeah. any number of ways um, yeah. So yeah, we have it in horror. It probably fits a lot of different places, but I think that Handmaid's Tale, Lord of the Flies, was a right on the nose. Yeah. When you start that book, if that's what you go in expecting, that's what you're going to get. Yeah. Um, it, it plays with the ideas of those books and in combination, pretty interestingly. Yeah. Um, so the basic summary: Tierney is the protagonist. She's 16, uh, and she is sent along with all of the other 16-year-old girls in the village to this other place where they have to become uh, purified through for a year right? in order to come back uh, and marry the men that claimed them before right. they left. Right. Uh, but you're not really marriage material until you can get the magic out of you or whatever it is that they believe is in you that that women and girls have you have to be purified of that in this very rugged very difficult to survive lord of the flies kind of scenario in order to be able to be marriageable i guess right yeah am i missing anything in the setup no i think that's a good description of it i mean i really as you said the epigraphs tell you what you're gonna get i mean yeah yeah uh so Big picture thoughts. What did you think? I liked it more than the unfortunates. I think it is. I think I, I have heard myself say this several times on our podcast already. I mean, it's not the book for me for a number of reasons. Sure. But I think it is better written than the unfortunates and a b- more, better story. 
I mean, I think both of those are true. I know, I think I know who would read this. I think this is a book meant mostly for girls who, <clears throat> who like stories about uh, strong girls, you know, and I think that is, you know, Tierney is a strong protagonist in a lot of ways. You know, I am a little uncomfortable always with, um, so at the end of the book in her acknowledgement, you know, she's telling, she's kind of telling a mini story about being on a train platform and seeing a girl and older man who walks past and looks at her and obviously is sexualizing and objectifying this. I think she's adolescent or close to adolescent girl, you know, and the point that Kim Liggett makes in the acknowledgement is that, you know, basically men treat, girls as prey and women treat girls as competition and of course the last line is but you know i see you not as prey or competition well good for you kim liggett you know (laughs) but like um you know i just feel uncomfortable with kind of that painting with those huge brushes about because i know a lot of men who do not look at adolescent girls as prey um and i know a lot of women who do not look at adolescent girls or other women as competition. And I just, you know, I'm not saying she's wrong that that happens, but I'm not terribly interested in a story that's driven by those two motors, you know, like those are kind of the driving motors in this story. And I don't care about, (laughs) I mean, like, I I don't know how else to say it. So those were kind of my thoughts about it. Um, It does have the obligatory kind of love try. I mean, there are two boys that, you know, are kind of interested in her although it doesn't really play out as a love triangle that's probably not fair to say it that way but you know what i mean no but the um the main character who does not want to get married right because she rejects the i'm using very broad strokes here but rejects the patriarchy rejects this right. society that she's living in where women are not allowed to do much of anything yeah um and is actually then claimed by two different men kind of right. in two different ways yeah. and one of them neither one of them are people that she dislikes or she is not. Uh, there are characters in the story who are claimed by men who are repulsive to them yeah. and who are actively terrible characters, like just cartoonishly bad characters. Yeah. yeah. And uh, she is claimed and in different ways by two men who are the exceptions to the rule right. in the society, um, which makes kind of her rejection of things feel somehow a different than yeah. the way, like what is she rejecting if the other people are going along with it and having right. to live in what would uh, objectively be terrible situations. Right. And she's got potentially a, a very positive future. Yeah. But still like, no, but I don't want this. And this is not, yeah. which is totally valid, but yeah, it's interesting for the character writing that even though her situation is better, it's still not right that this is the way that things should go. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. I was talking to a teacher about this book because I had said like, I, I enjoyed it in that I thought it was well-written and I, like you said, I know that there's an audience for it just based on the fact that books like the handmaid's tale exist and any number of, uh, much worse knockoffs. Yeah, this uh, I, I feel I do think this falls in that category of knockoffs, you yes. know. And so I mean, like, if it, if you have a kid who can't can't or won't read The Handmaid's Tale, you know, this sure. is 
a good book that they could read and explore some of the same ideas. Yes. And Handmaid's Tale, I think, is a significantly more um, adult. Yes, book absolutely. Compared to this, it's kind of a yes, YA. Absolutely. Um, we were talking a couple episodes ago about Fireborn as kind yeah. of a YA Game of Thrones. Yes. Yeah. I'm not recommending Game of Thrones to a lot right. of kids. Right. Just willy nilly. But Fireborn, I feel like it definitely could. Yeah, this yeah. book, I think, in the same way that I am not yeah. just going up to any random reader and go, "Oh, check out Handmaid's Tale." Right. Yes, for that's you, a good point. Yeah. Where this is maybe that kind of entry level into looking at those issues or thinking about those things. Yeah. Um, I feel like this would be a good like. I could see this book recommendation being a flop if you tried to recommend it as a follow up to any dystopian because it's not like yes. a lot of dystopian literature where you have the high tech and the um, like kind of cinema cinematic action, you yes. know, like she is not, a, Tierney is not a Katniss like character, no. but <clears throat> I do feel like it would be a good follow-up to like article five, which I think was a yeah. gateway a few years ago yes. and deals with some similar issues, you know, some similar issues about. Well, um, and I think as you're saying that it, it occurred to me that even a book like internment, um, yes. If you enjoyed internment. Yes. Internment would be another good. Yeah. And this is clearly like where internment is modern or several years in the future. And, and Gracier feels like it's um, like scarlet letter territory. Yeah. Yeah. The ideas of you are other and we don't want to deal with that. So we're going to yeah. put you over here until it breaks you. Yeah. Is still the kind of within the the mode of things. Yeah. Um, which I, I did. The, again, the word enjoy is not right because it, it maybe has the wrong connotation for like, oh, I thought this was great. I I appreciated the look at what they talk about, like the girls having magic, basically. Right. And really the magic just is that they are feminine yeah. and uh, are okay being independent and kind of doing their own thing. Yeah. And so you send them into this terrible situation until they literally are broken. The ones that survive yeah. are so broken down by the experience that they'll just go, yeah, thank you for letting me have running water and a toilet and right. food and whatever. So yeah. I'll go along with whatever you want. Um, and, and I think like a couple of the books that we've talked about before that, it can be a little heavy handed in some yeah. times, yeah. but maybe there are readers for whom that's necessary, that they need that to yeah. be kind of spelled out. Yeah. So, I mean, again, I mean, yeah, I guess I'm thinking, I'm thinking back on what I said about this. <clears throat> I do feel like the issues it's bringing up are important, even if they're not ones that I think are as uh, endemic and systemic as the author wants to make them sound. Okay. Um, but definitely, there are definitely going to be students who really connect with those ideas and those topics and wouldn't have gotten them from another YA book, I don't think. Sure. Okay, so that's Grace Year by Kim Liggett, one of the gateway books for this school year. Uh, if you have thoughts on that book or any of the other things that we've talked about, again, do not feel bad about sending us an email to librarymediachatter at gmail.com. It will get you in the next school library journal. Yeah, we'll talk about you forever. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we'll be back to wrap things up. This episode of Library Media Chatter is brought to you by Matt Spine Labels. Matt, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Bye, Matt.
All right. This is the end of library media chatter. This episode, anyway. Yeah, not and the we, end of the whole thing. That's no, an just the end of this episode. Yeah, you're not done with us. We want to give a big shout out to Mrs. Draghi's uh, language arts class, who are, I think, our most faithful listeners. Um, so thank you, Miss Draghi's class. We love knowing that you guys are listening to us. Thanks so much. Yeah, that's exciting stuff. A whole class. Yeah. That means it's, it's more than three people listening, Greg. Yeah, I know. That's it's a it's big awesome. Moment. Yeah. All right. This has been Library Media Chatter. Uh, remember, read responsibly, use a bookmark. <laughs> <laughs>